Brian Bergen is serving his first term as an assemblyman. He represents parts of Morris and Somerset counties. He's a rising star in New Jersey politics. Assemblyman, are you there? I'm here. Hey, how are you? I'm doing fantastic, David. Thanks for having me. Good. Thank you for coming back. Uh, Let me start with this, Assemblyman. President Biden has nominated Sue Fulton who runs the beleaguered State Motor Vehicles Commission to serve as an assistant U.S. Secretary of Defense. You're a West Point graduate. You flew Army attack helicopters in Iraq. Are are you worried that, that God forbid, our nation goes to war and pilots are going to be standing in line for hours waiting to get their their helicopters, their fighter jets? (laughs) David, I'm not worried for that because I think uh, the the position that Sue Fulton is being appointed to, it's a it's a staff level position, and I don't think she's going to have that much control. But I got to tell you, I'm I'm concerned of the choice because Sue Fulton was an absolute train wreck uh, managing the motor vehicle. Uh, I was very kind to her while she was in the position, out of respect for the fact that we're both members of the Long Gray Line from West Point. But but I got to tell you, the way she handled the situation, the motor vehicle was terrible, and uh, and quite frankly, she uh, refused to see the fact that they were having issues. And that's what made it even worse. She, she didn't understand the fact that it was going so badly, and she kept patting herself on the back despite doing such a bad job. Uh, so it's a, it's a terrible choice, but luckily, I think for the nation, it's largely a staff position that won't have much effect on our ability to wage war. So you're not, you're not worried that there's just going to be long lines of people waiting to get on their helicopters? No, thank oh, God, okay. no. I don't think she'll do that to us, David. So is this is this one of these situations, good for New Jersey, bad for America, but but better for New Jersey because the Pentagon is bigger and she's at a low level and they could absorb her where she won't do any harm? Yeah, I think so. I think she's going to be just another bureaucrat down there in the Pentagon doing things. But, but here in New Jersey, she held a very powerful position, a motor vehicle, and she did not do a good job. And it, it's not it's not hard to see that. Everybody knows the motor vehicle was completely broken. They were shutting down entire motor vehicle complexes because one person would have COVID. They were shutting them down for 14 days, even when the CDC said they only had to shut it down for 10. It, she really did a terrible job. So uh, our our gain is certainly their loss. So failing upwards is really is a thing, I guess. But, uh, that's, but that's, that's a, a fact, yes. That's, that's it. And, uh, Assemblyman Brian Bergen, in, in March you introduced a package of bills that would stop what you call the soft shrew approach to serving veterans. You had a, uh, nine different proposals. One of them was to give a $5,000 grant to veterans who want to move to New Jersey to, t- to accept a job offer. What's, what's the status of your legislation? Yeah, so actually we have some exciting stuff to report. I mean, the, the bad news is it has not moved anywhere yet. The good news is that I am putting together a coalition of all – the commanders of all the different veterans organizations in New Jersey. And I think that we are going to get together and demand that the state do some real legislation. Hopefully some of these nine I put up are part of it. But the reality is we've gone far too long where all we do for veterans is a bunch of license plate bills or half off the turtleback zoo. That's not going to cut it anymore. We've got to do some real, tangible stuff that's going to help move the needle for veterans. These nine bills are a start, and I'm hoping that all the commanders of all the different veterans organizations can get behind me, which I believe they will, just asking for us to do something. Post these bills, listen to them, debate them, refine them if they need to be refined, and let's actually do some real good, tangible stuff for vets. 
So some of the things you proposed, a, a, a one-time $10,000 grant to help veterans buy a, an established franchise, uh, another one of your bills uh, would would put $5,000 uh, up to help veterans make a down payment on a home in New Jersey, pay their closing costs. Uh, these are the kind of, you're, these, these, I guess, are the kind of serious proposals you're talking about. Yeah, right. And, and the, the biggest one, David, that I proposed was, you know, there are, there's a large population of veterans in New Jersey that have a service disability rating from their time in service. And the biggest bill in my bill package would give service disabled veterans a discount on their property taxes equal to their disability rating. So if you left the service and they said you were 50% disabled, you'd pay 50% of your property tax bill. And this bill actually uh, was proposed several years back by Speaker Coughlin. So what I'm hoping is that Speaker Coughlin hasn't changed too much in the past couple of years when he became the speaker and that he's willing to take this to the floor now and make it law. And and one of the things I should just point out, I mean, it just it it it, it seems fairly fairly easy. You want the the legislature to waive in-state college tuition for Medal of Honor or Purple Heart recipients. Oh, that's right. That should be a no-brainer. I mean, there's that there's no reason why that should that should not move immediately. And all of them, quite frankly, because we just have to start doing stuff for veterans. And the 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 budget's been raised by you know something like thirty percent in the past four years. And the people who have been left out of all that are veterans. It's time to really, to really pony up and do our jobs for them. So this way, I'm speaking with Assemblyman Brian Bergen of, of New Jersey. You, you've been a, a critic of the governor's handling of the pandemic. Are you in agreement with the actions he took this week, easing COVID restrictions, eliminating some of the capacity requirements for businesses? Yeah, absolutely. But I'm absolutely in favor of us loosening the restrictions, and it's far too late. What really needs to happen, though, David, and this is the most important thing that we've missed since the pandemic started, is we can never allow a governor to have this much unilateral authority ever again. I don't care if they're a Republican or a Democrat or an independent or anything else. No governor should ever be able to unilaterally issue executive orders for a year. It's bad business. It's not the way that our government was established. and It's not the way it's meant to run. And so I have a bill that I put in in May of last year that would limit the governor's executive order authority, give him enough time to issue an executive order in a state of emergency so that he could act, but not so much time so that he could act unilaterally and has oversight by the legislature. And that's what we really have to come to uh, from here. So a a poll released by Monmouth University this week, 31 percent of New Jersey Republicans say that the governor did a good job managing the state during the pandemic. How how do you explain that a third of Republicans think he did the right thing? Well, you know what? There there are things the governor did good and there are things the governor did bad. There there are decisions he made that were right and at the right time and some that he made that were wrong at the wrong time. So it doesn't surprise me that some people believe that he did a good job. But if you if you look holistically and you look at the damage of some of the decisions he did make that were wrong, for instance, putting people back in nursing homes who had COVID early on in the pandemic, this, the bad far outweighs the good. And I think maybe just a lot of people don't know the magnitude of some of those terrible decisions. And hopefully this year, Jack Chitterelli can educate everybody just on how bad they were so that we don't have to deal with four more years of uh, 
potential damage. So you, uh, Assemblyman Bergen, you're you're up for re-election this year. Even Democrats tell me you're you're in good shape. There's there's no signs of of you being targeted. And and uh, as you recall, they spent hundreds of thousands of dollars to beat you two years ago. Are are you going to tell me that you're running like you're behind? I always run like I'm behind, David. Always. You know, winning elections is all about constant action and ignoring polls. And the day you get comfortable is it's like the Game of Thrones is the day your head gets lopped <laughs> off. And so I don't plan on letting it happen to me. And, and Republicans are, are saying to me in, increasingly, you're a rising star. And I, I know that you're going to tell me when I ask you this question that you're concentrated on this year. But are you thinking about running for Congress next year against Mikey Sherrill? The answer is right now, no. Yeah, they're they're redrawing the congressional map. I don't know what that map is going to look like. We have a great candidate in Rosemary Becky, who I think could run again and run and do well. And so I don't plan on running for Congress. No. Now, this is politics. So things can change every single day. Like I said, it's it's a lot like the Game of Thrones. Uh, And if the situation changes, Rosemary is not running. The map is different. And I think there's a chance to win. I could possibly run. But but I highly doubt it, so I, I think the answer to that is going to be no. So you get the contrast here is just absolutely extraordinary. A, a Democrat who was a Navy helicopter pilot and an Annapolis graduate and a Republican who was an Army helicopter pilot and a West Point grad, right? I mean, that's just that would be just a great race. Oh, it would be a fantastic race. You know, I think we should just bet it on the Army-Navy game and let, let, let that decide who's in Congress. So I should, can, I, can I ask Congresswoman Cheryl that, if she's willing to, to let the seat be determined by who wins the Army-Navy game this year? Absolutely. Let's do it. You'll, you'll, I wonder how, how Nancy Pelosi or Kevin McCarthy would feel about that. But, but uh, well, Army's got a good streak on, so I don't think they'd like that too much. <laughs> so what do, you, what do you think Republicans are going to look for in redistricting in the 11th District? Well, Republicans are going to, I mean, the simplest thing is Republicans are going to look to probably pick up some towns a little further west, make it a little more red, and the Democrats are going to look to make the 11th district, you know, a solidly Democrat district by picking up some more towns in Essex County. You know, but as you know, there are other people in other districts, Republicans, also jockeying to make their districts more competitive for them. So I don't really know what's going to happen. And you know, your guess is good as mine about what this map's going to look like, both legislatively and for the congressional races. Now, assuming you're, you're back next year, uh, the Assembly Minority Leader, John Bramnick, will not be back. He's running for the state Senate. So, so there, is go- there is an opening for uh, a, the next Republican Assembly Leader. Who do you think that's going to be? Well, right now, David, honestly, I think everybody thinks it's going to be them. There are about 28 people who believe they will be the next minority leader. Um, But this is what I will tell you, that from now until November and and, and almost until January, whoever wants to be the leader has to act like a leader every single day. And that's the person who's going to do it, the person who actively decides that the Republican Party is no longer going to accept being in the minority. We're not going to accept taking the crumbs that the – Democratic majority throws to us, and we're going to take a, an aggressive, active approach to reestablishing some more seats in the Republican Party. And whoever successfully does that will be the, the candidate that's going to win. And are you, are you ruling out running for minority leader? I'm not ruling anything out, no. Okay. Well, that's a good answer. That's the one you usually get, right? <laughs> I'm a rookie at this, but, you know, I'm, I'm learning quick.
And and I guess when you're I guess that's it, right? When you're when you're a Republican in the legislature and there you know, you walk you sit around the, the floor and there's there's not a, a lot of you there. Uh it, it means that the time doesn't take as long to go. So we'll, we'll watch and we'll see what happens. Assemblyman Brian Bergen, thank you very much. It's always a pleasure speaking with you. Thank you, David. This is great. I really appreciate it.